the More Sports Now podcast, covering both sides, the Hudson. And we're back. I'm your host, Steve Titchener. Joining me on the line are the rest of the team, Matt Lachlan and John McAlevey. And after an extended layoff, we're back, guys. I guess it's a bit of a COVID hangover. We usually take a little break at the end of the summer, but it got a little extended this year. Um, of course, uh, local football in full swing. And man, it's a goose egg so far, guys. I mean, uh, New York football is pretty bad. Both teams own two. Uh, the Giants, uh, we'll start with you, Johnny, with the Giants. And then just a killer after a, uh, a rough game at Chicago where they almost came back. Uh, but the big story there is they lose uh, Saquon Barkley, which is just a big hit for them. And yeah. it's been a rough go so far. It has been a rough go, and I don't think anybody, myself included, was expecting, you know, the Giants to be a um, a great team this year. I think progress is something that they were looking for. I, I think people were were anxious to see, um, you know, Joe Judge when he came in. He certainly won the press conference. That was uh, like a tour de force. He was terrific in that. And I think he won over a lot of hearts and minds. And Giants fans were just looking for a team that. You know, a couple of years with Pat Shermer were just blah. Um, they were looking to see if he could turn them around and at least have them competitive and playing well. Uh, in the first game against Pittsburgh, they were they were certainly competitive, playing well. In fact, they were uh, they took the second half kickoff and were headed in for a you know a touchdown to either go ahead or a field goal to pull them close. And Daniel Jones throws a killer INT, and they wind up losing that game. You mentioned Saquon Barkley; he was uh, he was not great in the first game, and came under a lot of um, you know scrutiny for not picking up blitzes. He got into a little back and forth with Tiki Barber, and so he really wasn't good. Uh, we move along to Chicago; they get off to a terrible start. He hurts his elbow, it seems, on one play. Comes out, looks like he's in excruciating pain. They send him right back in there, and then on the very next play, he, you know, ruptures the ACL. And so your best offensive weapon is gone. I know that Sterling Sharp is hurt. What else is new? That guy gets hurt, you know, just putting on his uh, his socks in the morning. So. You know, they, they, they came back. I guess Judge lit into them at halftime. They played really well and were right on the doorstep for uh, tying the game on the final play. So I think what you're going to get now is he gets a complete pass on the year losing, I mean, Saquon. Um, I, I think that they're going to be in games. I think his mindset is that he's not going to accept anything less than 100% from everybody, and he's going to really grind them like a college coach. Um, and I, I think that they'll be in a bunch of games. I just don't think they'll be very good. Hopefully the offensive line will gel and get better as the season rolls along. And um, I think that's about what you're going to get with the uh, the big blue uh, New York football giants this year. The no, exception no, of good. the comment about Saquon and his injury, we could have played that the last four years. This team stinks. Yeah. Let's be honest. The team yeah. stinks. I mean, people are upset about an 0-2 start. What did you expect? How many games did they win? last year and the year before and the year before. I think the right. total over the last three years is 12. Yes. That's four win seasons. And so suddenly Danny Dimes is going to be the guy <laughs> against, you know, and then, you know, the mistakes that have been made uh, by him are not overly concerning, but, you know, we were told this is the next Peyton or yeah. Eli, excuse me, next Eli. Well, yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Now it's only a second year. I get it, but I mean, they stink. Yes, 
That is the problem. Uh, and I've said this before on this show, and I will say it again here. It starts with ownership. And I know the Mara family is NFL royalty. But what have you done for me lately? I agree, Matt. I am right there with you. And Dave Gettleman has to take a hit also. Um, I know that when they had that number two pick and Saquon was there, he was that shiny object. And guy's going to put on a yellow jacket. You draft him. Well, you know, ha- you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Had they drafted that Quentin Nelson from Notre Dame, that unbelievable offensive lineman, you sort of, you know, build around that. The Patriots and other teams have shown us that you can win with guys who were, you know, sixth and seventh round draft picks in your backfield. Some guys are even undrafted free agents. Uh, Saquon had an amazing rookie year. Last year was injury plagued and, you know, not terrific. His third year, he's missing completely. And, you know, let's face it, when you blow an ACL out, what, what, I mean, is he going to be the explosive runner that he was um, in college and in his first season? So there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot to dig into here, but you're right. It starts at the top, the ownership and uh, the general manager have made um, some decisions that will, will really fall on their head when the season is through. And I have to be honest, when, Saquon was drafted. I was in favor of it simply based on the fact that, you know, he's got superstar talent and a great running back. And, you know, I know the the NFL has become a quarterback league, so I get that. But I I didn't agree with the pick. I thought, listen, this guy's unbelievable. There's always room for that kind of a running back. And those who say, oh, well, they're a dime a dozen, I think they're wrong. That being said, everything else has gone wrong because they haven't figured out this offensive line yet. Like, what takes that hard? Yeah, Matt, to your point, you know, and to Saquon Barkley, is it fair to him? I mean, that you you say they stink because they haven't surrounded him with the right players. No, I agree with you, man. You're watching him at Penn State. Oh no! Yeah, from well, ownership down. The same here. I mean, watching Penn, watching him at Penn State, he was shredding. He was a very, very special player. I didn't think it was. Uh, I know that a lot of Giant fans, um, John, are second guessing it now, of course, because um, you know now he's gone down. He like, uh, they could have had this uh, the, uh, out of this world uh, uh, lineman, uh, offensive lineman. Right. Uh, I think it was was a Jersey kid, by the way, right? Yeah, from Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. and, and then, right. I, I agree with Matt. I was not against picking Saquon, but, but when you bring him in, he, when you have something like that, it's almost like, okay, this is the final piece of the puzzle. We'll get the all world running back because we already have a fortress out in front of him. What they did was they had, you know, a couple of German shepherds and, and, you know, one offensive lineman on, on the line. I mean, they've had a horrible offensive line and Gettleman came in and his hog mollies and all of that stuff. And the Patrick Omames and the, and the other folks that he brought in the Kevin Zeitlers and, and, and Nate Solder, who he paid like a, like a rock star have just not been good. And you put, you know, a Cadillac behind a cardboard box. And I mean, even the great Saquon can't handle that. I mean, listen, it's the, it's the next level and you're not outrunning these guys. You're not outrunning them. So, but you know, he, what he is a special player and he'll come back. He will, but there's also obviously could be, it's a serious injury. So there's concerns there. And, um, you know, to your point, Matt, you know, the, the giants just didn't put players around him. They, they, you're right. They stink and they haven't yeah, they been stink. good. And the jets uh, stink too. Yeah. The jets yeah. stink even worse on ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But at least the giants have super bowls in their cabinet. The Giants, uh, the Jets have won, and that was just about the time you were born, Johnny. 
Yes, it was. When were you born? 68. There you go. So, so you remember, you were sitting up on Dad's lap, and you remember that Joe Namath prediction, the guarantee. <laughs> Uh, of course, I'm being facetious. Uh, yes. First off, your dad wouldn't have you on your lap with a Jets game. It'd be a Giants game anyway. Yes. But yes. the point is, we do have awful football, and ownership has always been an issue with the Jets. Um, it's, 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 they don't know what to do. Now, you have to give them something. Adam Gaze is a horrible choice. We've seen yes. that. He wasn't great in Miami. I don't know why he was selected by the Jets. They've got him. You don't fire coaches generally in the middle of the season. I know everyone's apoplectic. The Jets fans, I'll fire this guy. It doesn't happen. So he'll probably survive the season, maybe until the end if they're, you know, running it at 0-14 or something. But, you know, and, and give them a chance because they've got a new regime sitting in the GM seat and there's a lot of bad pieces that he's got to get out of there. It's not that easy, but oh my God. Uh, Jets fans just have another year of garbage. Yes. And Gase came in because he was supposed to develop Sam Darnold, right? And Darnold, here's another, uh, you know, another bright star in New York who just doesn't have enough around him. And just being okay is not going to get it done. And that's really what he's been. He hasn't been a train wreck by any means. I mean, he absolutely has ability. And you see it just doesn't have enough around them. And there's a, just enormous pressure on these guys. Enormous pressures on Darnold. Well, enormous well, pressure on Barkley, too. Baby. You're well, it's yeah. the pay-to-play league, so no doubt. comes with you. I don't feel sorry for those guys over that. Absolutely not, but you need the players around them for them. They can't do it alone. I mean, he's got a beautiful arm, and he's got a t- world of potential. And Barkley's a rocket, and he's he's got a world of potential, too. But these guys are just have, you know, if you don't have the, if you don't have the pieces around you, it's still, you got to have a good team. You can't just well, have one or two players in spots. And, you know, so that's, me, you know. Let me ask you guys this. If right about now, I mean, both the Giants and the Jets look like they're going to be picking right at the top, if not at the top of the NFL draft. And the big, big guy that uh, has everybody salivating is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, would. I guess it would have to go, you know, with, with how the rest of both of the Giants and Jets seasons go, but would they be would they be tempted to draft Trevor Lawrence? I mean, do you draft him? Is he this once in a lifetime quarterback, the next Peyton Manning and the next, you know, whoever, Troy Aikman kind of a guy that, that you um that you take at the top of the draft and do you do you trade your quarterback, Jones or or Darnold, or do you trade that number one pick for a uh, a king's ransom. I think both teams might have a decision to make towards the end of the year. You know, you talked about New England building it with uh, just finding good football players, like good linemen and such. And then we're back to the you know the skill positions, which they don't have a need there. The, 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 neither team has a need there, really. I mean, they they just drafted for the future with two young quarterbacks that are, are that are good. These these quarterbacks are good. So the decision to bring Lawrence in, I just would would not make sense. Get that lineman, offensive lineman that you just talked about, uh, John. Get that mm-hmm. high, you know, just like this last draft with these uh, with these uh, high, uh, uh, these really skilled offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Get build around that. Isn't that what we're what we're talking about here? And maybe skip on the on the Lawrence. Although, yeah, he's a very special player, but again, you can't do it alone. You gotta yeah. you gotta have the players around you, right, man? Well, there's no question about that. I think the dilemma for both the Giants and the Jets will be if they're in that position, either one of those teams, is if you don't select 
Trevor Lawrence. And look, I'm I'm not a scout. We've seen quarterbacks come out of major programs who have had great college careers and not succeed in the NFL. And we've seen guys come out of schools that we never heard of have really good careers. So I don't know. I mean, look, looking at him play and looking at the things he's done at Clemson, you'd say, okay, absolutely. He can move to the next level. And that seems to be the general consensus. So let's assume that that is accurate. That being said, if you don't take him and he becomes the next great quarterback, then for 20 years, you're living with that failure. And you better be sure that if you continue to build around these two guys, and I'm speaking about the Jets and Giants now, that you have a quarterback that at least can keep you in the conversation. May not be in the same breath as, say, Trevor Lawrence becomes, but at the same time can get you you know, out of the basement where they're so far buried, they can't even see who's on the next floor. Uh, And that, and then that becomes a a real question because GMs lose jobs on mistakes that are being made. You could say that the mistakes have been made already by, by those organizations. But, uh, you know, in Gettleman's case, he has to live with Barkley um, and uh, Danny Dimes. There's a new regime with the Jets. So they could say, look, We've seen Sam up close. He's not what we thought he was. No, we don't have any help around him. But this is a franchise quarterback, and so we will take him because that's what the league builds around. But you're right. If but who are the Jets receivers, by the way? Yeah. Like if you're go if you're going out and well, come on. And and, and and running backs, look. Le'Veon Bell and uh, Frank Gore Gore might run until the day I'm dead, which hopefully is not for another 20 years or so. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is he'll still be playing. And he's an all-timer in terms of longevity and what he's been able to do. That's who you're signing? Yes. I mean, come on. So I don't know. Uh, It's just uh, very true. We talk about about decisions that the GMs make, and, and I was reading an article just the other day, um, it was uh, like a uh, the pro football focus, and they were grading out the um, how the rookies this year have fared for the first two uh, for for the first two weeks of the season. And Andrew Thomas graded out pretty much either one of the last ones or at the bottom. Now, to his credit, he's had to go up against T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree in the first week against the Steelers, and then. He had to contend with Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn in, in week two, which is not going to be easy. I mean, he got thrust into the left tackle position when Nate Solder uh, opted out due to the coronavirus. Um, so the kid's been thrown out there. He has not been very good. Makai Becton, on the other hand, has been pretty good. Yeah. So it will uh, it goes to be – it will show us as the season rolls along because these two – will be, you know, flip-flops against each other, and we'll see which one grades out better because the Giants could have had Mount Becton and they passed on him, and they, you know, surprised a few by drafting Thomas that high. I know Jedrick Wills was somebody that did pretty well. Tristan Wirfs is another guy they could have had. He's graded out pretty good. So um, Mr. Thomas better start picking things up because Mr. Gettleman is going to have to answer for that at the end of the season. And, and to your point, uh, John, on, on Trevor Lawrence, 
I mean, look yeah. at look who's winning right now, the Pat Mahomes, man. It looks like nobody can beat that guy. Um, he's just a special player, obviously. But you know what? You got to be able to move, and neither of those quarterbacks can. I mean, nice arms um, and uh, and the prototypical uh, NFL quarterback, no doubt. But is that is the league going away from that? Are you not seeing? And you see what Lamar Jackson's doing in Baltimore, man. These guys can run all over the field. And uh-huh. so... And so it's a, it's a, it's a different game and maybe Trevor Lawrence makes sense there. Well, Lawrence is, is blessed with playing for basically an almost NFL light team down at Clemson. They have, he's got weapons at every position. I mean, they're his offensive line. They're all studs. The, the, the skill positions, they're all studs. And he does put the ball down. He's statuesque. He's a big dude. He's got a big arm. And he can, you know, skedaddle when he needs to get out of the backfield. But I have to say, I was surprised at how well Daniel Jones moves. I mean, he's not afraid to tuck it and run. Yeah. And he, he actually has some legs on him. I mean, Eli never did any of that. But Jones yeah. has shown a penchant for, you know, when, when the pocket breaks down, which is pretty much on every time he drops back. Yeah, maybe not fair to call him a statue. Certainly Sam Darnold doesn't move well. He's a, He's just a pocket passer. Yeah. And he needs to really pick it up. Sam really, you know, I was listening to the radio and people were saying that, uh, you know, you know what it is? They're saying he's a Southern California guy and he really doesn't have much of a pulse and he's not, you know, he doesn't really care. He just wants to go a cool buzz and some tasty waves, you know, <laughs> like a little Jeff Spicoli there. But um, he, he does need to pick it up. I agree. He has nobody to throw to. Um, but uh, I'd like to see a little more, you know, fire out of him, I guess might be yeah. the, the, uh, the way to put it. So hopefully they can pick it up. He seems like a, a good guy. I, I'd like to see him succeed. And, um, you know, Joe Douglas is stockpiling. He, he was able to get two number one draft picks for the Jamal Adams trade. And I don't know if you guys watched the, the Monday night game, which was the Sunday night game, the, the Seattle Seahawks and the Patriots. What a great game. Jamal Adams was all over that field. I mean, pain in the rear end. Yes, they to move him. They got a lot for him, but he really is a game-changing player. Well, the um, Giants have the Niners who are banged up. Um, Garoppolo out with an ankle injury. Uh, maybe they got a shot at Met Life. Matt, what do you think? No, no, just that bad, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's this team, this team won twelve games in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Like, well, what? what Tell me, tell me. But why they're rolling because they're rolling, Matt. They're rolling Nick Mullins out there. The Niners are. It appears that Garoppolo won't start. They haven't made an official announcement on that, though. But he's not practicing. He's got a high ankle sprain. I mean, so listen, your 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 main guy is out. So it's a possibility. You know, the Giants can. Yeah, I mean, they have no George Kittle. They are banged up. Mm-hmm. Uh, their running back situation. They've got you know guys injured back there too. So yeah, is there a chance? Of course there is. Mm-hmm. Right. Are they going to win? No. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, and then the yeah, uh, Jets have the Colts. Jets go to Indianapolis. Um, so it's it's anybody's guess there. Their, their defense hasn't been that good. I mean, the one thing that they can kind of fall back on is they've got some talent there, but it just hasn't shown. Um, it hasn't shown this year, John. No, no. They, they Like Matt was saying about the Giants, the Jets are just a bad team all around. They traded their best player, as I said. Jamal Adams is a game-changing, ball-hawking mm-hmm. stud. He's just a pain in the rear end. I mean, this whole offseason, all he did was bitch and moan about getting out of there. 
and he wound up getting himself out of there. So, um, listen, I, I think the Jets just need to, to save face. They need to see if if Sam can sort of build and, and, and regain his career. Um, this is all about this 2020 season is all about 2021 and, and, you know, scouting the college game so that they can use these first round picks as best as they can. Um, because, you know, there's, there's not going to be any great, um, turnaround with the, with the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets from one week to the next. I don't think. Well, um, college football will be back for the Big Ten anyway. I know the other team, other uh, conferences are playing. Uh, a bit of a flip-flop there, though, Matt, right? They, were, they talked about pushing it all the way to 2021, and then um, they decided uh, to start, uh, and the season starts on the uh, October 24th. So uh, what were your thoughts, Matt, on the, um, on the, uh, the Big Ten uh, deciding to start earlier? Well... Follow the money is always a good thought, and I'm not oblivious to that. Uh, That's the reality. uh, You know, the the Big Ten has big-time college athletics and has a big budget, and they expect income, and they pay for a lot of things by virtue of the big sports, football, uh, obviously the king, and there was then also that pressure, and then there was the enormous pressure coming from alumni into from the coaches, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you know, Ryan day couldn't make it any clearer that he didn't care about his student athletes health. He wanted to play football. Mm-hmm. So I think that all combined. And then when we saw games played, more pressure was on, well, Hey, listen, if, you know, if, if I can watch a lower level team play, why can't our school play with all the resources we have available to it in the conference? So, you know, I think it's easy to say, and, and I was being you know, very sarcastic when I said follow the money. That's really a big part of it. But I also think we don't give enough credit in this society to how quickly things change as it regards this virus. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think they were out of line in delaying the start, looking at the information they had at that time. We've seen games postponed since because Notre Dame has postponed its game this Saturday because players have contracted the disease. Um, that oaf down in uh, Louisiana, Ed Orgeron, going, oh, yeah, a lot of our guys got it. Like, yeah. You know what? And then you read stories about some of the long-lasting impacts of people who have con- contracted the disease. And you, you go, it's not that casual. That being said, we have learned a lot. And so, you know, with all that pressure financial, all that pressure from alumni. What are other teams and leagues doing? You know, if we're leaders, we got to get back in there. You know, they made the I think they made the right decision early. And then as time moved along, they said, OK, some of these teams are doing it. The ACC's doing it. Maybe we can do it. So uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. And I, I wonder how much of a hit, uh, obviously, the money, the TV money, uh, dwarfs wh- what you get at the gate. Am I right? I mean, it's still, I mean, but you look at like Michigan that can fit 110,000 uh, fans in there. And that's still a huge hit to have an empty stadium on Saturday. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. But it's better than not having any revenue. 
Right. And that, yeah. and the TV revenue, obviously, is significant. And I'm sure quite a bit of pressure from them, Matt, you know, the, the, uh, them wanting to uh, probably sweet, even sweetening the pot and saying, hey, we, we'll, we'll give you, uh, we'll re, um, uh, we'll give you a good package or what have you. Uh, the, the TV executives saying, hey, well, let's get this going. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, make this work. No, they weren't going to sweeten the pot. What they were saying is we're not going to pay. You. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, you, the contract that we have calls for X amount of games. We're not paying it. Right. Unless you deliver. So right. That that revenue mm-hmm. goes by the boards. And, and there was probably partnerships, you know, that they've created over the years such that they say, well, okay, well, let's just extend the contract by another year. So you'll get it, but you might not get it for another 10 years. Mm-hmm. You know, we got nine years, five years, seven years, whatever left in the deal. We'll just tack another year on, but we ain't paying you this year. Right. Right. So, no, there, there was no sweetening. Yes, the networks lost, would lose revenue from ad sales, but there was going to be no sweetening of the pot. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, in our backyard, I mean, football will be back. I mean, I'm a season ticket holder, obviously, at Rutgers, and that's bum that I can't go to the games, but uh, certainly will be locked in on Saturday on the TV. Uh, so they open, uh, the Rutgers opens uh, uh, the 24th, October 24th, uh, away at uh, uh, East Lansing against Michigan State. Then they have Indiana uh, back at uh, SHI Stadium, Ohio State away, Illinois at home at SHI Stadium, Michigan at home, uh, Purdue away, uh, Penn State at home, and then Maryland away. So, you know, some games that they come on with, with in Greg Shannon's first year to expect them to win some of these big games. I mean, you know, going to Columbus, come on, um, you know, home at Michigan, obviously challenge going to Penn State uh, or not. Penn State's actually at home. I mean, so, but there's some winnable games here, guys. Uh, you know, you know, you got to believe, you know, Indiana is very good, uh, but Michigan State, uh, you know, Indiana, even, you know, Illinois, uh, you know, Purdue, certainly, Maryland, certainly. Be interesting to see, um, you know, I, you know, Coach Shiana will have them ready to play. It's just interesting to see what kind of product can come out on the field in his first year. I mean, how competitive do you really think he can be, Matt? Not sure. I don't think anybody really knows. I think there'll be more life to the program, certainly. Uh, I think that there's optimism that is justified about what the future may hold. But he's doing it mostly with last year's players, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's not like he went out and got a whole new class here. And so he's, But his reputation is such, and the enthusiasm he has, and the capability that he has, is such that there should be some improvement, no question. Then again, how much worse could you have gotten? And, you know, Art Sikowski showed a little bit of uh, promise uh, before he sat out. And, Johnny, I'll put it to you. What's your gut on that? We've talked about him a lot. I mean, he's got the hell of an arm, uh, but he's been up and down. He got thrown to the wolves early, maybe not fair. You know, Ash threw him to the wolves early. Maybe shook him up a little bit, but he's shown to be a really, really tough kid. And uh, he's got a hell of an arm. I mean, I think that Chiano might be able to to do to work with him there. Well, let's hope so. As you said, he got thrown to the wolves, and he, he didn't uh, didn't fare too well. And then he shut it down, sort of um, leaving it leaving it to his brethren to sort of pick up the pieces. Which I don't know how well that endeared him to the locker room. And I think now is um, now is the time. It's put up or shut up. He, he's got to. 
he's got to you know get in line with the Sam Darnolds of the world, where he's he's got to um, you know stand up and be counted because he came in with a pretty big reputation with a big arm. Again, he doesn't have great weapons to deal with, but he's got to he's got to give you that you know feeling that on a on a Saturday afternoon when uh, the the kickoff goes into the end zone and the offense runs on the field that you just can breathe you know, take a deep breath and think, okay, we're in good hands here. Whether he's going to throw the ball and the wide receiver is going to, you know, let it bounce off his helmet or he's not going to catch the ball, whatever. At least the ball is going to be on target um, and that he's going to make good decisions. He's not going to throw in a double coverage. He's not going to try and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, make the big play on each, um, on each throw. So I think that's what you're looking for, baby steps. But um, they, they better be, pretty big baby steps because he's in year three now of a progression. And Matt, we, um, we saw Johnny Langan last year. I mean, a real tough kid, not a great arm. I mean, he was talking it and running it quite a bit, but, uh, you know, they, they managed with him. But if you don't, if, if Art Sikowski's not on the field, that's not a good thing for Rutgers, huh? Well, what do you think? You're you're the season ticket holder, the diehard. I'm pretty much. You want to see underneath center? It was in the. uh, That was pretty much in the question. I think that that. Uh. You know, I. I, You know, listen, Art. Listen, Johnny Langan came in, and you know, you know, he's he's, he he showed some toughness in a very difficult time. Remember, listen, you know, the the team was it was a mess, and he came in and said, "Listen, okay, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll get under center and." you know, he took some hits and, and, but listen, I mean, in terms of uh, being a pure passer, I mean, you know, Art Sikowski's got him on that. And you got to believe um, th- that that's the best situation for Rutgers. So if, if Art's not on the field, it means there's something with Art, that something's going on there. It, 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 unless, unless Johnny Langan just has an amazing camp and, and uh, just shows, shows some ability that we haven't seen yet, but we've kind of seen what he can do. And he's, he's not, you know, that pure pocket passer with that golden arm. He just, but he can run a little bit and he's tough, but it's not like he's lightning quick either. So it's, um, I think the, the best position for Rutgers if is Sikowski on the field and showing the promise guys, remember showing the promise that he showed while he was on the field last year before, um, and I, I think the whole thing, John, with the, you know, sitting out and all anything, I, I think that's all water under the bridge. Once, you know, Shiano came in and all that, he's, I mean, I think he does a good job of any coach of handling that kind of thing with his team. And I think that, um, I think moving forward, that would be the best, um, the best, uh, uh, scenario for Rutgers, oh, but yeah, we'll see. Sure. If, if Johnny Langan is under center, then, then the wheels are off. I mean, that guy, to, to his credit, he's, he was great at tucking and running. He's not a Big Ten quarterback. I mean, good grief! If he's under center, then then we've got, you know, we've got much bigger problems. If Art Sikowski can't beat out Johnny Lang, and the good grief, he should leave the program and go to a a, a lower level. I, I think. Yeah. I mean, I think at BC they were trying to move Johnny Lang into safety. Mm. Um, so I, I think if he's under center, then um, then we've got much bigger issues to deal with. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sikowski better be back there and he better be pretty good. Um, and, uh, I think they find another spot for Lang to play. Cause as you said, he's a great athlete. Uh, maybe he can play safety and, um, you know, we'll have to see it, It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think that 
um, Shiano will sort of get the same sort of grace period as sort of Joe Judge. I mean, they're both coming into a situation that is um, not good, to, to say the least. They're both really bad situations. They're bad football teams that, that have been bad for a long time. And uh, they each are going to need just that time to put their stamp on it. But I, I think you'll see um, a team that won't make those stupid penalties that Rutgers was apt to do in the last couple of years. I think that Shiana will have them uh, playing hard and playing harder, playing smarter, um, whether that translates to wins or even uh, being in games in the fourth quarter, we shall see. And guys, the RU review We'll be back. We'll do a uh, show right before the opener on the 24th. We'll do a little preview of the season. And then we'll get back uh, to our our regular uh, show weekly uh, covering uh, Rutgers football. So I uh, look forward to that for sure. Uh, great to be back talking to you guys. I know, uh, listen, we got the NFL rolling. Plenty of other sports uh, to talk about. So we'll get rolling uh, back on the site, moresportsnow.com. And uh, we'll be back next week. I'm Steve Titchener with Matt Lachlan on the line and John McLeavy. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.